Now look here, I'm Alan. I'm Catherine. And we've got something to tell you. Hi, it's Alan. Hello, Catherine. Yeah, we're back. Uh, we promised we'd be back within a week, and here we are two weeks later. Yes. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, look, it's, 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 it's hard. We, we always talk about how hard our lives are, and, and they are hard, and oh, here we are. <laughs> um, so, do you know what we're planning to do uh, in, in, in over the next year? Yes. Um, we've actually decided, uh, as the notice mentioned, I don't know if it was mentioned in the notice, that we're going to be focusing on parenting mm. specifically. Uh, mainly because it's it's pretty much the central theme in our lives yeah. with five kids, and uh, we feel as though uh, we might have quite a bit to contribute to parents who, like us, are in the thick of it. So we're going to focus um, we're going to focus on well, basically the age groups of our kids, which is from baby, small yeah. baby, all well, the, the youngest is one and the oldest is eight. Yeah. Yeah. So we're talking, you know, kiddies. Yeah, all right. So uh, I've got to tell you, the, the most interesting one at the moment, or at any time, is the two-year-old. Yes. They're famous, true. the terrible twos. Interesting is, uh, is a good word. Mm. I, I have a few colorful words, but, mm. uh, you know, there are, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I think, though... So yeah, I think we've got to get out. We've gotten, we're definitely, we're on our fourth two-year-old mm. now. I mean, I'm not saying that we have all the answers, but... No, I think... We, uh, we've learned enough that... Uh, I, don't, I don't think we've just been lucky that each one gets easier than the one before. I think... We are getting better yes, at we've, it. Yes, we've, we've, we've picked up a couple ideas. And I'm trying to remember, this was two or three kids ago. I think we, we had an, a theory as to why two-year-olds are the way they are. Yes, we and actually I, put our finger on it. Yeah, I can't remember if it was you or me who, who worked this out. I think it was you. You'd been researching uh, some, child yeah, it was some child psychology you'd been reading up on. It, was, it basically came down to, if I remember, but, I mean, we added a lot to it. Yeah. Um, uh, well, we, we actually we did our own kind of uh, guinea pig testing with our kids and, and found this to be true. And it came down to the fact that uh, children are, well, two-year-olds are constantly frustrated. And this was actually not something I picked up in a book. I think this was something we discovered for ourselves. The, mm -hmm. the article was about the fact that two-year-olds are always looking for agency, for independence, for a way to separate themselves as individuals from their parents and this is why they're always insisting on doing everything themselves. Oh, of oh right. Be because they—they've just—they—they're they, walking now. They—they're starting to master language and realizing that they can influence the world. Exactly. And it doesn't work. And this is the problem. And it's also why they always—they uh, always insist on making their own decision. Which is why, if you give them a cup, then they'll want that other one that's identical. It's not about the cup at all. Uh -huh. It's never about the cup. It's about who chose the cup. Yes, it's, just, it's exactly that. And that, that's what the article was about. And what we discovered and that we added to that was the fact that um, the, the terrible part of the twos, mm -hmm. I mean, that part is annoying, but you can kind of learn to live with it and mitigate it. And it's, it's them always insisting on their own thing. You can't suggest anything. And if you do, you've got to do it subversively. And you can't just give them something. They have to choose it themselves. And you can't just put a jersey on them. They've got to put it on themselves. And then you've got to stand there and watch them put their head through the armhole, etc., etc. 
that's cool. It, you can actually get around that. It's the it's the tantrums. It's the screaming. It's the bursting into tears. It's the throwing themselves on the floor in the worshiping the sun position, etc., etc. Ah, but it's not because we're seeing these things and we know that they're wrong and we're trying to intervene and correct it and we're overriding their brand new sense of, I can do things. Exactly, but what it is, and... Uh, this is this is what this is what we discovered ourselves is their lives are incredibly frustrating they are they're saying a lot and this is what a lot of people don't realize is that baby talk that babbling from a very young age um, those are actual words they're saying words not baby language words they're saying English words you just don't understand them yet oh because their little mouths can't can't form them yet right they are understanding a lot more than they're managing to communicate and it's that frustration when they're trying to communicate something and you've completely misunderstood them. So it's not or just you're ignoring it, infuriating them by, by by trying to make them do things our way. It's it's just a general. It's general frustration, and and you can't. They're not allowed to do the things their older siblings can do. They can't do the things their parents are doing. They, it's this constant battle, this constant, and I think it's incredibly frustrating. Most kids go through this phase uh, between the ages of about two and four where they just cry in their sleep. Mm. And the first time it happened with our firstborn, I was oh, I remember. Concerned. We were wondering, is something going on at, at the nursery school? Or in a life that we didn't know about. And yeah. I remember reading up on it, and it just it was awful. And it turned out that the, this is actually not abnormal at all. And we've had it, I think, with all of our kids. Um, and, it, I mean, it's not constant. I think a person would worry if it was happening every night. But mm. it would be, I think, two or three times with each kid where for no reason they would just be crying bitterly in their sleep. And it wouldn't be a nightmare. Mm. They'd be almost inconsolable. You'd lie there with them. And I realized I connected it with that extreme, extreme frustration Yeah. that comes with that age. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyway, that was the, the um, I think, at the heart of, of the terrible twos is mm. that. And I think once we discovered that, it just became so much easier to deal with with them because um, you realize that you're, uh, in the first place, they're never rational. But when you understand that that the place that they're coming from is a genuine desire to be understood and to be given some, some kind of agency, the moment you understand that, you approach things differently. You find that you're more patient. You're not, you're not in a battle of wills. Yeah, this they're kid is not just being defiant. They're not trying to be the boss. Yeah. They're just trying to be their own person. Mm. And I think that's... And sometimes they do have these little tantrums and you realize this is just sheer frustration and you let them do it and they, they get over it. Mm. Of course, yeah, as, as you just said, they it doesn't mean that things magically become all smooth sailing and that they just become these wonderful, wonderful kids. And yet, it's your attitude towards it. Now, I think our two-year-old is delightful. She is. I mean, she has her moments, but she's definitely. But I think it's because we're more patient with her that she's pro- possibly less frustrated. Well, that's the point because we figured this out about two kids ago. Uh, well, I'd say a kid and a half ago. Half a kid. <laughs> 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 now, what I mean is, we've known this for a while, it and is, I think we've yes. gotten better at applying it. That's uh, it. Might be that we're also getting a bit more patient. Mm. I mean, but 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 I mean that's my point. The thing is, we're getting at it better at applying it, and we've known it for longer. It suggests to me that we're on the right track. Definitely, but I think. You know, also, just sorry, did I interrupt? No, go for it. Um, is something that occurred to me the other day is um, when you're 
well, I was going to say when you're younger, but when when you're an earlier parent, mm-hmm. and your age is actually not relevant here, yeah. um, it puts a tendency to have these ideals about your children, about mm-hmm. how disciplined they're going to be, or how excellent they're going to be, and you view it as a reflection on yourself as a parent. Mm-hmm. So you go out, and if your kid is this monster, everybody's looking at you, and they know you know they're judging you, and all the rest of it. And as well, at the point that we're at with all the kids we've had and, and all the kiddie places we've been to and the non-kiddie places and the experiences we've had, yeah. we've realized that small children, there's a ceiling to how disciplined a small child can be. Yeah. And I always have to kind of stifle a giggle when I'm sitting with somebody who's got a baby. Their kid, it's their first child, and this child's a year old, and they're saying, a four-year-old comes screaming past them. Yeah. And they're sort of saying, well, my child's never going to be like that. This, You know... Isn't this child even supervised? Yeah, from or the other side, I think the funniest moments I've had as, a, as an experienced parent are walking through a shop, just going to go pick up something unimportant, and there's a, a new mother with her maybe a one-year-old or an 18-month-old sitting in the trolley, and this child is reaching back for the packet of marshmallows what or whatever, yeah. and she just wants to pick it up and touch it, and the mother is losing it. She's saying, <laughs> she's saying, ah, uh, oh, oh, quick, give me a girl's name, uh, uh, because Lucy. I, I said she in the beginning. Saying, Lucy, Lucy, no, I keep Lucy, and then she sits and she rolls her eyes at everybody walking past because she's so embarrassed uh, at her her hideous her child who insists on touching a thing. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing. And, and then we're sitting there thinking, oh, the thing is, I mean, we were there. we were that person. Oh, of course. And I think it, um, once once you've also gotten a handle of that, that. Yeah. Um, you can't. I mean, I, w- I was reading on, a, I think it was a parenting uh, Facebook group, thing, and I've just left them all now. Mm. I am not on any mommy groups. I may actually start my own, and I'll have lots of rules about, like anybody who talks about gluten-free stuff mm-hmm. will get kicked. Well, they better out. produce a doctor's certificate to show that, that there is in fact <laughs> an actual medical condition, and not yeah. just yeah. I don't know. For some reason, these mommy groups are just painful. But um, this particular thing was a woman who was, she was a single mom. And she kind of wanted to get back into dating. And uh, her, that was her whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but she's got this four-year-old son. Yeah. And she said it's very difficult for her to take this kid to restaurants or to take him out with her. Mm-hmm. And it's difficult for her. And, I mean, she, it was basically just kind of asking for advice. And there were, oh, the the responses were uh, so kind of uninsightful. There were people saying, um, well, you know, your child probably has ADHD if he can't just sit and finish a meal. Hmm. Um, because this was her, pr- her problem. She said he's, he's terribly, he runs around a lot, he doesn't sit and finish his food, so she can't take him along. Yeah. And other people were saying, you know, you decided to have this child, and it's very selfish of you to want to get um, <laughs> <For> a meal. <laughs> and I'm listening to this, and I, I sort of thought, um, actually, anybody who thinks that a four-year-old, a healthy four-year-old boy is going to sit still... Yeah. And finish a meal at a restaurant, that, and especially if the conversation has gone and it's been like two hours, mm. doesn't know four-year-olds. Yeah. There, uh, there seems to be this completely unrealistic, and I used to think it was just non-parents, mm. which, and I can't blame non-parents. Before I was a parent, I knew everything. Yeah. But even parents, because, you know, we've all got such short memories. It's incredible. Maybe it's kind of self, uh, self-preserving. self You forget. You forget maybe very our, quickly. Maybe our secret is the fact that we've, Have we've had, had so many, exactly, we've had so many kids <laughs> in such a short time. We've had a 
two to three year old in the house consistently for the last what would you say six years yeah our oldest is eight yes. yeah so we have got we've got the scars we we are <laughs> and we're still in it we mm. and we will be in it yeah. for quite a while still Th- i think that's the thing is um so i suppose the take-home thought here really is to understand um just the extreme frustration that yeah. two-year-olds are going through also the fact and this is something else that i actually heard somebody say to a kid they were uh-huh. chastising their child, and it was at this kiddie farm that we were at or whatever, and she was saying, you are being so immature right now. <laughs> and I wanted, I, I was just thinking, well yes. well, yes, that's what children are. They're unformed. That's the definition. You can't them to make grown-up, <laughs> to react in any kind of adult way. You are just acting your age completely now. Exactly. <laughs> two-year-olds act like two-year-olds. Mm. And, y- y- and you know, you, you learn you learn to deal with it. You don't take a two-year-old on a five-hour shopping trip. Yeah. You don't take them to a shop when they're tired or hungry. If you absolutely have to pop in for bread and milk, mm. give them the marshmallows to hold on to. Yeah. Or find a balloon or something. You know, you, you, you learn. You learn. It, there are limitations and they are incredibly... Kids do not have the stamina or the understanding that adults have. Mm. And I can I can say now unequivocally, um, two hours is probably your outside limit for any kind of outing for a two-year-old. Oh, yes. The wheels will come right off. And I actually read something interesting. Sugar has nothing to do with it. Mm. You don't get the high and the crashing or anything with kids. Apparently, they just... Uh, the, because they burn so much energy, sugar does not... Yeah. It's not like a drug for them or any of that crap. Yeah. So you can put... Yeah. That's it's not that is not the reason that things come apart for them. It mm. is just sheer like information fatigue and just proper fatigue. Mm. So yeah. Just be aware, I think. Yeah. I mean look, I think we're gonna do a whole series on two year olds. Oh, two year olds, yeah, there's there's a there's a lifetime's knowledge there. So yeah. Yeah. Um That's about it. Alright. Well, I mean that's not all. There's tons. But, yeah. you know, a person's got to try and I suppose stick to uh, Yeah. I suppose at some point you need to figure out how to segue then away from our topic onto... Exactly. Um, on, th- on another note, I wanted to mention uh, The Lion King 2, which I think is fair to talk, talk about mm-hmm. as from a parenting perspective. Well, I know that our two-year-old is asks for it a lot. Oh, yeah. Well, they all do. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why, because it's not a good movie. That's terrible. But I, I've got to say, a person doesn't expect a sequel to be good. Well, you don't expect it to be as good as the first film. Yeah. And that's kind of standard. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Shrek was unique in the fact, uh, and Madagascar. Yeah. The second films were good. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes they get it right. Sometimes yeah. they... Um, but I've got to tell you, The Lion King 2 is just, it's... Well, it was rubbish. That's appallingly um, bad. And the thing is, the kids love it. Uh, so it's always going. And there's this particular song uh, that Rafiki sings, the, the old ape. But he's got this accent. Mm-hmm. And the song is, uh, well, the, in the chorus, there's this line that he keeps saying, down in appendy. Down what does that mean? in appendy. Appendy. Presumably, it's an area in Africa. I d- I've never even heard of it. Ah, uh, okay. Appendy. You'd think we'd have... No, Africa's huge. 
Um, yeah. <laughs> the problem is with these accents, it sounds like he's singing down in the panty. No, uh-huh. not down in the panty. Love in the panty. Or love in the panties. Right. And the kids have picked up on this. And they love it. It's the funniest thing they've ever, they've ever heard. Because underwear is funny. Oh, yeah. And they sing it all the time, everywhere, all the time. A great, joyous volume. Mm-hmm. Love in the panties. And it's very, very embarrassing. And I can't tell them to stop. I mean, I've, I have told them to not sing it. Yeah. But I can't tell them why. Huh. Um, because then that's going to open up a whole can of worms. So... But is that the only problem with the movie? Because no, I, 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 I have not sat down and watched the whole thing. One through. of my irritations. No, the the plot is. It's basically they've they've rewritten the original script. Only mm-hmm. the father doesn't die, and um, okay. they've added like a big love angle. the The basic synopsis is um, now uh, Simba and Nala mm-hmm. are now like on Pride Rock and they have a daughter called Kiara I think or Kia Kiara something like that Mm -hmm. and the daughter um, and Simba is very overprotective and the daughter just wants to go out and do her own thing and hunt and he won't let her that is something I've noticed is that irritating childlike um, uh, what's the actor who was in Ferris Bueller and Willow and and oh I'll tell you now he wasn't in Willow you're thinking of Lady Hawk Yes, Lady Hawk, sorry. Anyway, yes. Mouse. The, so, Mouse. Uh, oh, yeah, Ferris Bueller. It's, it's this actor who is, sounds a lot like Mouse in Ferris Bueller, but he's not. And he, he, he voiced Simba, and he's still there, but now he's supposed to be this grown-up adult lion uh, being a dad. And he still sounds like a teenager. He still sounds like a whining teenager. Well, maybe it's because of Ferris Bueller that we think that way. But no, anyway, but that's not even remotely the, the, the most annoying part. Mm-hmm. So there's this constant whining on Kiara's side that she wants to go out and he's constantly saying oh but you know you've got to stay in the pride lands blah 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 mm-hmm. and she uh, now in the, in the background it turns out that Scar had offspring and that there's this, there's this whole bunch of, of lionesses and lions that were ousted that had been on Scar's side there's this whole fallen angel malarkey going on yeah. that was never there wasn't a hint of it in the first fall obviously mm-hmm. they had to kind of graft this in and um, they don't they're not allowed into the Pride Lands they're kind of they're living out in the outskirts and they're all starving right and basically the this um, incredibly pissed off uh, wife of Scar's or partner or whatever it turns out she's had the son by Scar he's Scar's son right and she's going to raise him to basically take over and be king and mm-hmm. um, oust Simba right and he's I forget his name now um, but basically, him and Kiara end up hooking up and falling in love, mm-hmm. and at, and Simba doesn't like this, and eventually he accepts it. And then there's this showdown, and then basically the message. Oh, of love and I've acceptance. seen the end. Yes, because actually we mustn't fight because it's nice to 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 not fight, to and we all just fight, love each other. So. You're wonderful. Yeah. The thing is, though, who cares? You know, thing, it, it, because there's, a, it's, there's no it, substance in the story. It's a Lion King sequel, and all, all I've noticed, and that has stopped me from paying any attention, is it's this feeling that they couldn't sign up any of the same talent. You know, I mean, the original had songs by Elton John, 
and lyrics by Tim Rice. Exactly. The, the songs aren't that good. The there songs isn't a are single memorable song. Print. It's and the, the, there's the the sort of story arc. There's no real. Um, there's nothing to grip you. It's why I haven't sat down and watched the whole thing from mm. start to finish either. Now the third one, because somehow they made a sequel to the sequel, is good. It is because they uh, went well, back to the original story, except this time they showed it through. Uh, they turned it into a Timon and Pumbaa origin story. Exactly. It, it's basically what happened. What was happening in the background with the two of them when all of this other stuff was going. It is a fantastic movie. Mm. I enjoyed it. It's, a, it's funny stuff, and it was cleverly done because it meant that they could actually um, revisit certain parts of the original film. Mm. That was terribly clever. Yeah. No, it was a, it was a crap movie. I mean the. And it's it's quite funny that children have different criteria um, when it comes to films, obviously. Um, although I must admit, I've had moments where I'm really tired and the kids want a bedtime story and I make something up. Yeah. And I go for the usual morality tale. I'll sort of say, there was a little beetle called Beetle um, called Volkswagen. And Volkswagen um, liked to fly around the roses. And one day he's... Uh, but his parents told him he couldn't fly out of the rose patch, and then one day he flew out of the rose patch. And and then he died. And, uh, <laughs> and it started raining, and he was very scared. And then, um, you know, he, he flew back, and he realized he should never fly out of the rose patch again. Mm-hmm. And I remember the last time I tried try to pull this, um, our oldest, who's eight now, was just sitting there with her lip curled. I sort of said, what? That's not a story. What's that? You know, they and are very, very astute critics of storytelling because I the know. number, of, the number of times I've tried to tell a story and I'm tired and I just make up something where a thing happens and it all ends, and I get told, "Well, okay, I, I'm going to translate into into grown-up language here. Where's the drama? Where's the conflict?" Exactly. I've had our second-born give me a hard time and say, "Nothing bad happened." Yeah, what is the thing that happened that was bad that was supposed to happen now? Mm. They they really they have a natural instinct for for the for narrative exactly for the story arc that you need certain points of conflict. Yeah, um, you need your protagonist or your hero to have certain. Um, they can't just have a slightly bad day and mm. then develop character from that. Yeah. That is lazy on the part of the storyteller, which is usually true. Uh-huh. They want. Proper, that you, you've got to give them something. So why do they put up with this crap from Disney? Uh, because they know the characters and they like the songs. And I mean, look, you've heard the songs on Barney. I don't think the, the kids are yeah. as. They're not good critics of songs, I don't think. No, no. I and besides, not. I mean, it's got underwear in it. Why, what's not to love? Okay, so thanks for listening. Uh, this is uh, our first effort uh, at recording with our new tighter schedule and layout and formats and all the other whatever. If you've liked this, if you think it's going well, uh, then you can find us uh, directly on our on, on the podcast website, which is at www.nowlookhere.net, all one word. Or you can just search for those words, Now Look Here, on, on iTunes or whatever your favorite podcast directory is. I think we've covered them all, all the ones we know of. Um, if not, you can go to the website too. You'll find subscribe links from there that should work on Android or on iPhone or on, on, on wherever. Yeah, and if, and if, if you enjoy this, uh, please tell a friend. The best you can do is just telling people that we exist, letting us, letting them know about us. 
Um, otherwise, uh, you can share a direct link to this recording or to the podcast in general. Uh, and otherwise, uh, leave us a rating on iTunes or just drop us a comment uh, on the blog page. Mm-hmm.